We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Strike and Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by DoorDash, Pepsi, and Bet Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers. Joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker. What's up, man? Lakers. <laughs> you watch, he's watching the game right now, folks. He's got it on mute. Hey, but look, that, that's how dedicated I am to, you know, striking gold and, you know, answering these questions and everything. I was like, man, NBA Finals, man, forget that. Let's record striking gold right now. <laughs> I, uh, I even said that pick. before the pod. I even said that before <laughs> the pod. I was like, hey, man, I'm surprised you're on here right now. And he's like, hey, we got to do the damn thing. Yeah, got to do it for the people. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's legit, man. And, and me, my lazy ass, I just woke up from like a nap, so I'm like, <laughs> like I'm just like wandering over to the mic, like, hey, let's record Strike and Gold. Crocker's like out <laughs> here, like exercising and doing box jumps, and then he's watching the finals and taking care of his kids. And yeah, I don't know. We're not, we're not equal. Uh, yeah, I got you know. Oh man, I, you know I wear many hats. Yeah, I know, I know. It'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I mean, my my full name is Robert Newton Louder the Fifth. So the pressure's on. Like, I gotta oh, have, definitely. I gotta have a boy. <laughs> so we'll see, man. We'll see. But anyways, I plan to for sure. Um. So yeah, today is uh. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. What's your what's your finals prediction, Crocker? Lakers in six. In six. But I don't know. Jimmy Butler right now, he got some on his mind. I think he's hit two threes. He hit one three already for sure. He just bodied LeBron in the paint. So Miami's up eight to three right now. You guys, I'm pretty sure by the time you guys hear this, you'll know the, the outcome. But uh, right. yeah, man, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Butler, you know, he's like secretly one of my favorite players. Just his tenacity and his his like his like will to like win and grind and pick up his teammates. You just don't see that anymore. And it's really like a more of an old school mentality where there's a lot of guys they just want to have fun and stuff. That was his issue with like uh, playing in in Chicago before. Like in, when he was in, I want to say with Chicago, he was willing to be a part of the rebuild. He wanted to be a part of it. Like, hey, I want to help this team get to where I feel like it can get to. And Chicago was like, ah, nah. Then he played with um, Timberwolves, and those young dudes they kind of just had a, a mindset more of like wanting to like have fun and stuff. And they didn't like how he would push them and like, hey, let's do better. Let's do more. They didn't like that. So he clashed with those guys. And now he's in Miami. And I mean, they don't have stars, but, you know, he has them playing at a high level. Everybody does their job. And it really reminds me a lot of the 49ers last year. You know, see, like I brought that full circle. Um, or yeah. even the, the 49ers last week where, you know, you're missing, you know, you don't have – the stars on the field, right? You know, anybody that's a star for the 49ers was not playing, but they played together. They had a will to win, and, you know, they got the results that they were, you know, seeking. And hopefully, and we got some good questions about, you know, 49ers being competitors and stuff like that. But it's going to take that this year. It's going to take everybody really, like, having that mindset and, you know, kind of being an underdog. It really remind me of, Philadelphia Eagles from a couple years ago when, when they won that Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk, you know, too more, much more about basketball, but yeah, I kind of had to bring that full circle. My, uh, the depth of my knowledge of Jimmy Butler is just that really, really funny gif he has where he just makes that like what face, like, huh? Like, where he goes, well, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, well, you could probably. Has, yeah, when, are you talking about the one where he like throws the like piece of, there's a few, like, he has some, or are you talking about the one like when he rolls his eyes? But, yeah, where he like kind of looks back and forth. He's like, huh? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, you could probably see me make. You can you could see me making the face through the microphone. Yeah, definitely. If, if Jimmy Butler actually has some really good like gifts. If you ever just kind of like type in Jimmy Butler, you'll see some I just good did right ones now. pop up. Yeah, he has one where he like throws this piece of paper up, where he's like, "Man, fuck this paper!" It, it's like he's like doing something like that. Um, he has another one where he like looks back and smiles. Like he he has some good good ones where. If you just use Jimmy Butler, like gifts, like you probably can go a good month 
and and have a reaction. <laughs> it's true, man. I'm looking through them right now. Yeah, it's when the it's when a guy the guy said I know I should know who the guy next to him is, but he says something to him, and he and Jimmy just makes that face like that. What? <laughs> but, but a lot of these gifts are super funny. <laughs> yeah, those are good. I'll have to roll through those. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Kyle Shanahan met with the media today. Uh, the 49ers started practicing again today, and uh, they're pre- they uh, they released their practice report. and And the 49ers are making some uh, they're making some steps forward. They're making some steps forward. George Kittle, um, he plays tight end for the 49ers. In case you didn't know, George Kittle, uh, he is he's back in practice uh, in full. He's a full participant. So if you're if you're a full participant at the beginning of the week, then you're going to play on Sunday. So. Uh, unless the 49ers are just being incredibly like cautious, which doesn't necessarily fly with George Kittle, um, he should be playing on Sunday. So he he's looking like he's good to go. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, who kind of suffered a little bit of a rib injury against um, against the Giants, uh, he's a full participant, so he looks like he's going to be good to go. And uh, back into the fold is Akella Witherspoon, who. Um, was kind of like a, he injured his hamstring late last week before the Giants game, and uh, and he didn't play and was replaced by Jason Brett. So he's healthy too. So he's he's a full. Those are your three like full participants in practice, and uh, and slated to play. Excuse me in the game. Now did not practice. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who you know Kyle Shanahan just made sure to say that you know like. He didn't want to necessarily say Jimmy wasn't going to play in the game, but he said that he has to have at least one full practice on that ankle, showing his mobility and showing his ability to keep himself upright and and play the quarterback position without feeling pain. And that's probably not possible right now. You know, it's it's a high ankle sprain that for someone like Christian McCaffrey, that's four to six weeks. You know, and it, it's only been one week for Garoppolo, so. Um, it's he's probably not going to uh, he's probably not going to play. I don't even think they're going to let him practice this week. They'll probably test him out next week. See what see how it goes. Uh, Raheem Mostert did not practice. He has a knee sprain. I would venture to say he's probably out for another week or two. Would be my guess. Uh, I don't. He's not going to play Sunday. I don't think he'll play Sunday. He was working out on the on the side field. I I, I just I don't see him playing Sunday. And I, I I would even venture to say he probably won't play the week after that. Um, just because he's their guy now, I think I think Raheem has firmly established himself established himself as the dude, so they're not going to push it. Um, D Ford is out with his back injury, and he's expected to go on injured reserve, which is a minimum three week absence. But that sounds like something that might be longer than that. Uh, Dre Greenlaw is still out, which is surprising because all they had all they had said with him was that he he bruised his quad, you know, and and it could have been a bad bruise. It could have probably crept up into a bone bruise if it was if it was bad enough. Um, so we'll see on that. Emmanuel Mosley, uh, still bat, uh, in the concussion protocol, uh, suffered a concussion against the Giants. Jordan Reed, um, MCL sprain and an ankle injury. Uh, he they, He's expected to go on injured reserve later this week, but because he isn't, he's still on the practice report. And then you have another one, uh, Kwan Williams, who apparently is dealing with some hip discomfort. Now, apparently somebody said that he was – he was working out quite a bit on the side field, running or, or doing whatever. So he looked healthy. So we'll see um, how his what his status is. The 49ers did bring in um, Crocker. What was the corner that you had making the 53 that played behind Williams during training camp? Uh, he was wearing number 32, Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. Okay. 
Right. Yeah. He they brought him back. He's supposed to join the practice squad. I'm assuming he's there just in case Williams can't go. Um, they could elevate him and he could step in. Now there's you know the 49ers could put another corner there if they felt they needed to, but they brought him back in the fold just to make sure that they had some insurance there. Now the big thing with that I was talking to Crocker about before we hit record was so Witherspoon's a full practice. Uh, excuse me, a full participant. Um, Jason Verrett just started his first game since 2017. Um, did pretty well by all accounts, and especially that of Eric Crocker's. So, what would you? I, not I don't want I don't want you to predict what you think the 49ers would do. What would you do uh, with the with if Akella Witherspoon's healthy? Let's just let's just say Emmanuel Mosley uh, gets to go, so he he's back in his spot. What would you do with uh, Jason Verrett and Akella Witherspoon? Yeah. I- I think you can you can kind of plan on some type of rotation, but me personally, just with how well Verrett played, I'd have to see if he can do that again. We know who Witherspoon is. We know what he has to offer. Uh, we know what he has been for the 49ers. You know, you know, inconsistent, has showed uh, times where he played at a high level, other times where, you know, he's struggled a bit. Uh, Verrett, we don't know. We know the talent in which he was before the injuries. Uh, we saw what he was last year against the Steelers uh, in very, very, very brief uh, time. And then we watched him for an entire game against the Giants where all signs were very encouraging. So I would look to see, hey, will he build on that? And can he do that again? I, I would definitely play him again. And if not, then you you know that you do have you know Witherspoon who can spell him or you can kind of figure out some type of rotation. But I, I'd like I'd like to see uh, Verrett get another shot uh, at it first. Yeah, and I agree one hundred percent. And there there is a, a very a situation where you know let's say Emmanuel Mosley does not um, get out of concussion protocol and he has to miss the game. Um, that, and then you're looking at a situation where Witherspoon is on one side and Verrett is on the other. So you know then you get to actually see both. And you do get to see that another another rep for uh, or another game's worth of reps for Jason Brett. So th- that's definitely a, a realistic scenario that could happen. Uh, there really wasn't any more additional details on Mosley and and how long he's expected to be out. So that's kind of the breakdown of the team right now. Um, another big, 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 you know, option, not option, but another big news bit is uh, Debo Samuel returned to practice. Now, he's not listed on the practice report because uh, you're given a certain practice window for players on injured reserve. Um, where the team can decide whether to bring them back or place them on injury reserve. I thought I read somewhere that he was already on the 53-man roster, but um, I believe they had a spot for him anyway. So I, I can't tell you if him being left off the practice report means he's just considered 100% healthy um, or if it has to do with the fact that he's coming off of injured reserve. Um, but typically when when players players that are listed as full participants on the practice squad are because they were previously on the practice squad with an injury. So Debo Samuel obviously is coming off of injured reserve but he's not but he hasn't been listed on a practice report with an injury. So I, I mean I'm I'm almost positive he's uh he is uh practicing 100% right now. I this his status for Sunday against the Eagles is kind of up in the air. You know, for for one thing you do need to realize though is for Debo Samuel to return to practice means he's essentially been practicing, not with the team, but doing everything he would normally need to do to prepare his body to go to practice and to give the doctors 
the ability to say, yeah, he's good to go. So he's been he's been working. It's just a matter of whether or not the team feels comfortable about putting him in the game for live game reps because nothing once that adrenaline hits your body and you're in a live game, you're still going to push yourself harder than you ever could in practice. Right. You know, that, 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 that fire is going to hit you. So, so they, you know, there's still, there can still a player can be a full participant in practice, but a team can still feel like they should not put him in the game. You know, like they just need to give it more time. That could be the case with Debo, but he's right there. You know, he's back. And I know a couple of our questions talk about kind of like Debo stepping back into the offense. So I don't want to get too much into that. Um, but I think that kind of wraps up the, like the injury or excuse me, the, the, the updates. I mean, they're mostly injury updates, but um, one more thing, the 49ers did part ways with Kyle Nelson, who had a bunch of bad snaps on Sunday. Uh, if you don't know who Kyle Nelson is, I wouldn't necessarily blame you. I mean, no disrespect, but he used the team's long snapper and he struggled on Sunday. He, he, he basically, I mean, he messed up more snaps than he got right. So, and for a, for for NFL teams, I mean, it's kind of like you see how quickly NFL teams get rid of kickers, like like or they'll shuffle through kickers. Luckily, the 49ers have had a good one, but it's even even worse for a long snapper. Like, there's so many long snappers out there that are like, "Hey, give me a chance." The moment you start struggling, they're like, "Okay, switch." <laughs> they're ready. And you know what, though? The 49ers have been pretty good with long snappers. I mean, well, we had Brian Jennings for a long time. And, and then now, you know, we went straight from Brian Jennings to Nelson. And Nelson had been good. You know, he did miss some time last year with, like, the whole PED thing. And then all of a sudden, I mean, just fucking up last game. <laughs> it's it gone. Right. Just right. like that. Well, and, and, and this was mentioned a few times on Twitter, and I noticed this as well, is there may be something else going on there that – the team just didn't want to mention because Kyle Nelson just looked like kind of a wreck on the sideline. Like he was isolating himself from teammates. He was, he was like walking way, way, way down the sideline just to be away from everybody. He just looked like he was struggling with something and we have no idea what that is. And, you know, they always say just as a general uh, tip in life, like be, just always try to be kind to everybody because you never know what that person's going through. And that, that that's kind of what I saw in Kyle Nelson. Like he just looked like, Something was wrong, you know, and, and maybe I mean, it's just because he's been so good for so long. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, he's just all over the map. So you're right. hoping everything's OK for him. But obviously, uh, Kyle Shanahan did say he expects him to stick around in the league. He just said it, it won't be with the 49ers. So that happened fast. You know, that happened fast. Um, so let me see here. I'm just making sure we've got everything for you guys. I don't, want to, I don't want to miss any any big things. Jimmy Garoppolo's not practicing. George Kittle's a full go. Okay. So, yeah, I think we're good. Let's let's get to some questions. You ready to get some questions, bro? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. You guys, uh, to, to you guys listening out there, um, guys, you guys hit me with the question, questions pretty good today. I appreciate that. Um, you know, obviously on our mailbag episodes, as long as we keep getting these questions, then we'll keep dropping mailbag episodes every week because they're my, they're one of my favorite, if not my favorite episode to do, cause I just like the interaction, you know, reading what you guys are thinking and, you know, then it gives us something to immediately talk about. So, um, appreciate everybody who jumped on here to leave a question. We're going to start it off with John Wittrado at J Wittrado. Do you think Oh, here you go. This is this is absolutely for you, Crocker. Do you think Jason Verrett is the best corner on the team 
being he stays healthy. Man, I mean, that's it's hard to say after one game, right? I mean, to, to say you're the best at anything, you got to see things consistently. I will say, you know, just like I said on the pod last night, his game was as good as what I've seen from, you know, a Laker cornerback. So I, I will say it was very encouraging, but I can't just give him the best tag yet. I, I got to see, you know, him do something like that, not just for consecutive games, but in big games too, right? I mean, we saw Richard Sherman, you know, make big plays in the playoffs, picked off Kirk Cousins in the uh, divisional round, picked off uh, – uh, uh, why am I drawing a blank on, on the best quarterback in the NFL? Uh Aaron Rodgers. Pick up Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. So, you know, you got to see a guy, you know, play big in those type of moments to say, like, yeah, he's just the best. But he does Didn't he get one from Kyler Murray, too? Who? who uh, Sherman? Sherm? Or was that before Kyler Murray? I think that might have been before Kyler Murray was on the team. I just remember him picking off the Cardinals. I think it was a pick six. No, that I was can't. the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm – oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I got it. I'm envisioning it in my mind, like envisioning the uniforms, and I'm off. Okay. You good? You done? Yes, sir. Done with, done with your answer? Okay. All right, we got Meyer at Meyer Chef. If the 49ers played the Chiefs today on a neutral field, what's your, what's your prediction? If in the 49ers in their current state – I think the 49ers would get beat pretty bad. Uh, you know, you have you have Nick Mullins <laughs> at quarterback. You have, you know, no Nick Bosa. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it, it I think it it would be worse than the Super Bowl. You know. Yeah, I think you named one thing. You you mentioned you mentioned Nick Bosa and I think that would be the bigger issue. Uh, oh yeah. You know, like to me just watching Patrick Mahomes, I've kind of Point out, I don't want to say a flaw because he's so good, but I do see if you take away his first read, the next thing he wants to do is move outside the pocket and try to make a throw on the move on the run. Well, what the 49ers did really good for most of the game in the Super Bowl, even really shoot, even late in the, in the Super Bowl, um, they kept him confined in the pocket and made him have to, like, uh, you know, they have your front four really getting after him and make him have to, like, you know, hey, read the defense and stuff. And you see at times he struggled. Uh, right now the 49ers just don't have the pass rush to really uh, make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable in the pocket and, you know, to be able to uh, get him out of his comfort zone. So I, I think that, that that would be more of the issue with the 49ers right now. I think offensively, Kyle Shanahan is really good at what he does, and he's going to – put up points, but if you can't rush four at Mahomes, you're going to be in trouble. Because once you start blitzing and doing all those things, then, you 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 know, they have all that speed on the outside and stuff, and you can find yourself in a whole another world of trouble. Right. I think, I think you know, if, if you're talking about the 49ers being full strength, given the pieces that they added, you know, replacing Joe Staley with Trent Williams and adding Brandon Ayuk and Jordan Reed. Like if you're talking the Niners at full strength, um, then, then I think they're giving the Chiefs a run for their money. Just like I feel like they would give anybody a run for their money. You know, like I, I feel like the 49ers are still, even without Nick Bosa, I feel like the 49ers are still one of the best teams in the NFL. You know, they're, they're an easy top 10 team and you could probably still justify them being a top five team. And that's just, I mean, the way the NFL is any, any top 10 team can make a run. 
and 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 put things together at the right time and get the you know the ball to, to drop a certain way and, and you're running. But you know, if in the 49ers in their current state, they don't they don't hold up to the top teams right now. But I mean you get Jimmy back in there and you get those those pieces healthy and and they're they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They just, you know, you, you just you have to respect losing somebody like Nick Bosa. Like you can't just act like that's not a big deal because he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So, you know, a healthy 49ers team, I think they're, you know, you you could toss a coin and if it landed on the 49ers, I'd believe you. But right now they're, you know, they, you know, they're not holding up to the best teams in the NFL right now. Like in their very, like, right. Like as we're talking current state, they've got some, they've got some getting healthy to do and then they'll, they'll be rolling. Um, Bay Area's finest at O'Neill Lewis. Should Verrett get the start over E-Man if he keeps up if he keeps up his level when all cornerbacks are back healthy? So he's kind of you know good segue question. The answer is yes. Yeah, there you go. There's the man himself. So you've got Richard Sherman, you've got Emmanuel Mosley, you've got Jason Verrett, and you've got Akella Witherspoon. Essentially, um, we're, we'll leave K1 Williams out because he's the the unquestioned man in the slot. Um, so yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, I I've said this quite a few times, but I don't I don't think there are definitely people that understand. But I mean, J, I mean, if Jason Verrett is a completely healthy player, he's one of the best corners in the league. Period. But he has just had such incredibly bad injury luck that he's never been able to put that on display. A little bit he has, obviously he has a little bit, and we've seen it, and it's like eye popping. But. You know, that's just the heartbreak of, of Jason Verrett's career up to this point. But I'm with Croc. Like, if he's healthy, then hell yeah, he's, he's starting next to Sherman yeah. because he's elite. What but, he did last last week was it was really good. The, the question marks are, you know, the opponent and can he do it again? But if, if, if the 49ers, say the 49ers just signed Verrett and you don't know anything about any uh, – injury history or anything like that. It's just they signed this guy, Verrett, and he was really good. He was a Pro Bowl corner. And you saw that performance. You would say, well, of course. He's the, like one of the best corners in the league. So, like, that's what it looked like. Again, I, I don't want to look too much into it. I, I got to see it consistently. But that's the level of talent that we're, we're like, of what he is. He's a, what, a first-round pick out of TCU? Like, he's been good. You know, like, he just, he just had, you know, bad luck with injuries. And typically – Guys don't recover very well from, especially with all the injuries that he dealt with. Guys don't really come back from that. Somehow, it looks like he he might have. <laughs> you know, that's it's really surprising. Really, I want I want everybody who listens to Striking Gold right now to to just make sure that in your head you have a a proper level of respect for what Jason Verrett has gone through and is going through, and the work he's put in to remain where he is now. Like. The amount of like just insane drive and hard headedness you have to have to go through his injuries and keep himself where he is right now to where he can step on an NFL field and still compete. I don't I don't care if it was the Giants. Darius Slayton's no slouch, but to go out there and compete after going through what he's been through takes a level of determination that that not many people have. And uh, you know I, I'm I'm just rooting for him. I want to see him rise up. You know that's. You know, it's like a phoenix, the, the legendary bird that lights itself on fire when it gets old and, and it arises anew from the ashes. You know, like I want to see Jason Verrett just light on fire and just become the man he, he was meant to be. 
But anyways, I'm getting a little carried away over here. <laughs> um, Patrick Hartman, at Patrick Hartman. With the success of Mullins, do we look to trade him with the value being higher now than ever? What is the likelihood on and what return on investment can we expect if that is the case? Now, one thing Crocker, Crocker and I did talk about this uh, a couple pods ago, but one thing we messed up on apparently, Crocker, is I think Mullins is still a restricted free agent um, because of a year that he spent on the practice squad, I believe. I mean, I'm, I can jump on on OTC right now, which is over the cap, and check. I want to make sure we get that right because if that is correct, then that drastically changes the value of Nick Mullins. Right. Um, let me. I'm, I'm just trying to find his name on. Yeah, well, I looked and it said that he is a restricted free agent after the, after this year. Okay, so you've already you've already checked since we talked. Yeah, about because him? I I thought he was going to just be a free agent, and somebody right. was like, "No, nah, he's going to be a." And I'm like, "What?" So I looked it up, and yeah, it was yeah restricted free agent. So if you don't know what a restricted free agent is, it means. You know, it means the 49ers have to basically sign up to, to keep him on for another year. And the tender that they choose will determine what Nick Mullins' salary would be. So you have like a first round tender that I think last time I looked was in like the four million range. And then you have a second round tender that's a little bit that and a third round tender. I can't remember. There's only so many tenders. They don't go all the way through the rounds. Um, I think but it have, goes up to like third round, I, th- I think. That's what I think, too. Um but so whatever tender you apply to this restrictive free agent, it, it simultaneously determines the salary that that player is going to get paid and also what another team would need to give up if they wanted to sign that player. So let's say the 49ers put a second round tender on Nick Mullins, which I think to me would be right around that sweet spot where it's you're not over you're not overcharging as far as the tender goes. And it's it's like at a, at it's at a good enough spot to where a team could come could could be would be willing to give up because what they have to do is they have to make Nick Mullins an offer a contract that Nick Mullins wants to sign and then they would have to give the 49ers whatever tender they applied to Nick Mullins so let's say they made him a a a second round tender the 49ers would get that team's second round pick that team would sign Nick Mullins to a new contract and boom the deal is done and to me, that is, like I said, that's the sweet spot. I think a second round, if the, if the 49ers believe that a team is signing Nick Mullins or wants Nick Mullins to be their starting corner, then they have a right to ask for something like that. Second, I, I would. I hope they third, don't put a first round tender. I hope they put a second because you want, you want to encourage a team or at least get a team to think about like right, one hundred percent. And you know, I think a first round like that would be to me that's just too much. Second round, I, I think teams are willing to – they would be a little bit more willing. And I don't know. I mean, the best thing that could happen is he not play anymore this year and and this Jets game be what they think he is. And maybe they feel like, you know what, we think we can get that. And maybe he can even improve more, like get a little bit better. If that's what they think they're getting, I would keep it at that. Because if he plays again, say he plays against – Philadelphia Eagles um, Sunday, and you know all of a sudden he's playing against a really good pass rush, and they're getting to him, and he's rattled, and he doesn't look as good. Then now his just his stock just <laughs> drastically drops. So yeah, I hope I hope they uh, you know we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, I would put a, a second round tender on him just so it encourages somebody to actually take him, uh, and that would be a win for the 49ers to you know be able to regroup. Uh, draft picks 
remember, gave up a, a third and a fifth for, uh, or, you know, a third this year coming up for uh, for Williams, Trent Williams. So, you know, you kind of get some of that back a little bit. And, uh, I mean, shoot, you can use that second on a quarterback with more upside than and, – And I believe, I believe you can still – I mean, just because you put a second-round tender on a player, you can still trade him like a normal trade of a player. So let's say the, the 49ers put a second-round tender on him and a team comes calling and they're like, look, we'll give you a third-rounder for him. You know, like I, I, I believe that you can, you know, you can still do that. It's, it's, it, it's still a player on your roster that you can trade for, you know, other compensation. If a team, if the 49ers realize nobody's going to touch him for a second rounder and somebody comes along and says, Hey, we'll give you a third rounder. If they felt like that was enough, they could consider it. It's not like a second rounder is the only thing that can get it done. But, you know, I agree with that. I do think, there is a lot of value in having a Nick Mullins uh, as a backup that you feel like you can step in and still win football games, which is not a common thing in this league. Like there are a lot of teams, a lot, a lot of teams that when if their backup quarterback goes in, they're just going to assume that, you know, we're taking an L on this one, boys. But you know, with Kyle Shanahan coupled with a Nick Mullins, he he feels like he can win with Nick, and you know that's a valuable thing. But your your starter is your starter. And starting quarterbacks don't get hurt that often. Now, I say that after Jimmy just came off a torn ACL season in 18, and he's hurt right now. But, um, you know, it's just that's that's why there isn't a lot of emphasis put on backups in the league. Unless the only emphasis put on backups in the league are backups being groomed for starters. So, you know, it's just I, I think the 49ers should strike while the iron's hot when it comes to Mullen and see what they can get him for. But but they need to know that a team is going to be interested in him as a starter. So don't don't make it cheap. Um, right. So, oh yeah. All right. We'll get to more questions. Let's get a quick word in from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we'll get to more questions. We've got a, a drip question in the wait for Crocker. So, um, we are going to, uh, we're going to hit our sponsors and then we'll get to that. We got DoorDash cause we all know we've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food's on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on the first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off, zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, BLUEWIRE, $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Along with DoorDash, we've got Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, our overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. The football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Last but certainly not least, we've got Bet Online. 
The wait's finally over. Football's back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, championship, futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline is your online sportsbook. The experts. Okay. Drip question here, Croc. Yeah. From our from our guy Jay Noble at Jay Book. Who do we sign? No. Who do we have to kidnap to get Nick Mullins to upgrade his game day swag? Socks, tights, cleats. Get the man the customized knee pads Kendrick Bourne and Debo Samuel had last year as well. What what are your thoughts? <laughs> we have to, hey, speaking of those knee pads, OBJ has some customized knee just pads. Just got done playing a full stream with Dr. Disrespect. Yeah, yeah, o- o- OBJ, he's the man. But he actually has his little like <laughs> logo. O- Odell has his own like OBJ logo. He has his own logo on his thigh pads. I was able to kind of see it through his pants. Like, pause. Um, I was able to see it through his. Uh, <laughs> that was a know. perfect pause, bro. Well done. Yeah, so, yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, but I don't know who we have to kidnap. We might have to kidnap Nick Mullins and just kind of make him, you know, put on just some, get his swag right, man. Like, sometimes you just got to, you're just going to have to kidnap him. I think that's what it's going to (laughs) be. You're just going to have to kidnap him and send him out onto the field like Ace Ventura um, when they rescued uh, Dan Marino at the end of the movie and they just sent him out into the game with, but in this case, he would have all new drip and everybody would be like, dang, who's that? And he'd be like, I think that that's Nick Mullins, but, but he's got, got that drip. And then boom. <laughs> well, and, and real quick, I hope people know, like, I, I just have fun with this stuff. Obviously I do notice it, but I don't really care. Well, I mean, you, you had fun with it until you said you wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> no, I didn't say I wanted to punch him. I think he had a punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there are a lot of people that just like, I don't care what he is, as long as he wins games, who cares what he looks like? And it's like, it's just. You, they've like, already, man, they've already missed good. the boat, man. They've already missed the train. The drip train is moving. And if, and if that's your attitude, then you ain't hopping on. Right. Yeah. So you just, you've missed yeah, nah, the point. He, you've missed the point. He, yeah. Nick Mullins, man. He just, some people are like, they're just kind of born with it and they just kind of get it. And there are others that, you know, they just, don't all the way get it. And Nick, he's not terrible. Like he's not like a Sam Bradford nasty, but he, <laughs> he he is. It's not. It's like you could tell he's trying. Like he he kind of gets it. He just doesn't get it all the way. Right. He just needs a little push, man. He needs. He just needs a, a drip associate. You know, he needs someone to. And uh, hey, that's a good business idea right there. Yep. Just create an online store for football players that. You know, that like call it like football drip. I don't know, whatever you could come up with a way better name than that. But and, and it's all of the all of the articles that you need to just look to just 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 have the drip to Crocker standards. Yep. That is, Start an online that store, actually, bro. I just all I want to. is five percent of the business. I'll make your logo and then we'll roll. Consulting. Right. All right. I'm in. 
Okay, we got Sack Sackings. Sa- I think it's probably supposed to be Sack Kings, but at Fox, the future. Is the offense good enough to carry the load this time to take us back to the Super Bowl? Man, that is a heavy, heavy question. Um, You know what? I'll say this. With the way the offense is run blocking right now, no. Right. I don't. I don't think they're doing a good enough job in the run game, right? They, there's, they have still broken big plays. So the 49ers stats as a whole from a rushing standpoint are still respectable, but they, they're just not, they're not, they're just not blocking it up. They're just, something's happening right now. They're, they're not playing. I don't know if it has to do with defenses adapting um, to the four, to Kyle Shanahan scheme, um, but the 49ers are just not good doing a good enough job. If, if they're going to go to the Super Bowl, just like you saw in the playoffs, Running the football has to be their bread and butter. I am not saying that Jimmy G can't kick it into high gear and help you compete, but you have to be a balanced football team. Unless you have somebody like Patrick Mahomes, then you need to be a a balanced football team. And the 49ers' bread and butter is running the ball. And if they are not running the ball well enough, if if they can't do that right, which is which is supposed to be their their flag, you know, the the hill that they die on, then I don't think the offense is good enough to carry the team to the Super Bowl. Did I answer that for you or what? You you agree or what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. You you, you have to, like, what's the 49ers identity going to be? And everything goes, it works off of the run game. So they have to get smoother. I mean, even last game, there were a lot of times where Nick Mullins was playing well behind the sticks. You know, you don't want Nick Mullins to continuously have to convert on third and 10, third and nine, third and eight, you know, or, or even Jimmy Garoppolo for that matter. Like, that's not what you want from this offense. Uh, and if they do that, it's not going to consistently be good, especially against better teams. So that's something that they're definitely going to have to fix. Even against the Eagles. Eagles defense is playing well. It's their quarterback and their offense that's playing shitty. Their defense is actually playing well. They have a really good um, uh, front uh, four pass rushers. They're getting after it. They are much improved in the secondary. Like, they're, they're not terrible. Like, they're not. Their quarterback has just thrown two interceptions in each game, two picks, two picks, two picks, setting up short fields and things like that. Um, and he's playing crappy. Like, you know, so that's the issue. Their defense is good. So this is going to be a good test even for, you know, Nick Mullins and whoever because we're going to – the 49ers are going to have to stay ahead of the sticks. And the way you do that is with the run game. Unless, they, unless Kyle – just kind of abandons it, which I, I don't see him doing, and just says, you know what, on first and second down, we're just going to get some nice little, you know, three, four-yard gains, extended run plays, maybe get guys on the edge like Ayuk and Debo, and that's how he kind of manufactures uh, those shorter uh, distances, but they're definitely going to improve on that, especially when you play against better competition. Yep, 100%. Used GOAT, at the real used GOAT, says K1 and Emmanuel both coming out hurt, Akello being hurt, Although Akello is back at practice, Jason's Brett's history, Sherman on IR. I saw Jamar Taylor was signed to the practice squad. What should my level of concern on a Wednesday be at? Well, so to kind of so right now, just to kind of reinforce um, Goat's question, K1 is out right now. Emmanuel Mosley's out. They're, they're, I mean, he asked this question before the practice report came out, and both of them are out. Um, Akello is back, so you've got your one healthy corner. And then Jason Brett's just coming off of, you know, a, a, a really good game like we talked about. So if if Akello, if it's Akello Witherspoon and Jason Verrett out there, um, I mean, well, let's just say this. Akello Witherspoon, Jason Verrett, and Jamar Taylor. 
Uh, I mean, I, I don't think necessarily there's any, I mean, other than getting to see Verrett again, I don't think that's necessarily anything to get excited about. What do you think, Croc? Yeah. I, yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. I don't think it's anything okay. to be excited. So, I mean, it's, you're just hoping probably one more person comes up. You know, it'd be nice if it was, uh, to me, it's, to me, K1 Williams is the biggest kind of like piece there. You know, like he's, he's the, Obviously, Sherman's on IR, but he's the best player of that group that's currently out. So you're hoping he comes back and his hit thing isn't too big of a deal. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I don't think – it's Wednesday. Give it some time. If if the, if the all status is the same on Friday, then 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 your level of concern can be can rise. But right now, just give it time. From what I read, K1 might be okay. He was moving pretty well. Um, so we'll see. Um Luke Shanahan, 49, at Sean Luke 15. Is Kerry Hire solidifying himself as the full-time starter opposite opposite of Bosa? Well, you mean like, oh, you mean like sticking around? Well, you know, that's not a bad question because given D Ford's struggles with injuries, I don't see the 49ers keeping him after this season. Um, I think they'll move on or at the very least try to try to trade him, but I'm not sure that's gonna go well either. Um but if the 49ers just wanted to have somebody to start opposite Bosa, I th- I mean, I think Kerry Hyder has been pretty freaking good. He's not like somebody that's going to scare defenses, but if he's solid, he's solid. That kind of, you know, that kind of reminds me of Croc and, and I'm sure he was better than Hyder, but like, uh, you know, Ahmad Brooks opposite Alden Smith. Mm, yeah. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like I think Ahmad Brooks is probably better than Kerry Hyder. I think Ahmad Brooks is pretty underrated, but um, like you always had, he was always there just being solid and he'd, he'd make his plays kind of like Kerry Hyder's doing. And then you have your, 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 your racehorse on the other side. So, I mean, I, that's a good question. I really, what about, what do you think, Croc? I could see them keeping him around and just to be somebody they know they can rely on. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, I would say like, you know, why not? <laughs> uh, you, you can right. never have enough pass rushers. And Hyder again, and I mentioned it on the pod before, my brother said he was pretty good. You know, that was one thing my brother did say, like, who's a Cowboy fan and Hyder played for the Cowboys. My brother said, you know, he was a solid depth player. They just didn't, they just went, like, you know, in a different direction with a bunch of guys. You know, they got Everson Griffin, Alden Smith, and, you know, they had some other guys that were young and that they're developing and stuff. So um, that was kind of how, how they kind of let Hyder go. But, um, no, nah, I mean, I, uh, he's contributing and he's been put in a role he didn't expect to be in. I'm sure, you know, when, when 49ers started the season, they have Nick Bosa and D4 and those were the guys. And it was like, Oh, is Robert, is Ronald Blair going to come back? And then all of a sudden Hyder has to be a impact player, <laughs> you know, but uh-huh. you know, he just it looks like the 49ers. Uh, when you look at the numbers, uh, they've, they've, the pass rush has definitely taken a hit, but he, he has, done what you'd expect not even expect from him i think he's done a little bit more but you know he's been solid considering who he is if that makes sense yeah no i agree i think that's a great question uh i think it's definitely somebody that can stick around uh you know we'll see how the rest of the season goes but he's definitely been very very solid so i think he's somebody that they can you know at the very least be a solid rotation guy going forward um but I, I, you know, I think the the writing might might be on the wall for for D four. So I, we'll see. I, I'm not reporting anything. <laughs> um, Domo arigato, Mister Renato, <laughs> at Renato Paniguia. Paniguia. I don't. I'm gonna slaughter that. But 
Paniagua. Somewhere along those lines. I'm sorry if I messed up your day, man. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter and correct me because I hate messing names up. I keep hearing that the Jets may be looking to move on from Darnold, and they also hear that the 49ers may interested may that the 49ers may be interested in bringing him in. Do you see any plausible way the Niners do that? What you're hearing that the Jets are ready to part part ways with Darnold, which I don't doubt, but that's going to have to do a little bit with their draft status. We'll see. There's there's a few good quarters, quarterbacks coming out. Um, and then you're hearing that the 49ers may be interested in him. Okay, I'm not hearing that. I think I think it's a little early for that. But do you see any possible way for the Niners to do that, or do you think they stay where they are QB-wise? I mean, I don't know. I think if Sam Darnold were available, it would, it would be like picking him up off the free agent market to play behind Jimmy or something. You know, like, I, I don't know. You got, you got anything else on that? Sam, they're not parting ways with Sam Donald. If they did, it would be like some type of trade, but I would assume that the compensation wouldn't be low. Uh, right. No, no. It wouldn't Emmanuel be something the 49ers Ocho, would consider. Right. Well, Emmanuel Acho said something like really good this year. And he was like, you know, and because Sam Donald has taken a lot of heat this year for how trash the Jets are. But Emmanuel Acho said something, and it made me kind of remember because I was kind of defending Sam Donald and then. It got to a point where I was just like, damn, I don't know if I can defend him anymore after like, you know, <laughs> pick faces and stuff on Sunday. But Acho was like, Adam Gates, it's the Adam Gates curse. He said Adam Gates um had us had us believe that Ryan Tannehill couldn't play, uh uh Devontae Parker couldn't play. He said Adam Gates had us believe that uh Le'Veon Bell couldn't play. And now it's Sam Donald can't play. And the one constant is when he leaves, these guys are playing well. Not so much, you know, Le'Veon Bell. We don't know. We should think that he can't play anymore. But look at look at the look at the Dolphins and um, you know, and Devontae Parker, who was a thousand yard receiver last year. But under Gase, we thought Parker was just a bust. Look at look at Tannehill leading a team to a playoffs. Like the 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 Titans were dead. Like their season was over and they benched uh uh, their quarterback in the middle of it, and next thing you know, Tannehill comes in, and they, they, when I, they bench their quarterback, uh, Mariota, Tannehill comes in, leads them to the playoffs, leads them to the, like, the AFC championship or whatever. Yeah, so, like, you know, and that was Tannehill who, you know, everybody just thought he was so bad and took, like, a little bit of money, you know? Um, and then, you know, now we see Sam Darnold. It's a terrible situation. Obviously, like, no players around him, and on top of all that, Adam Gates, head coach. So, uh, if Donald does go somewhere else, I think it, other people are going to believe, like, hey, there is talent there. So, that's just kind of, yeah. I'm into that. Yeah, I think that's a great, I think that's a great point. And I know, uh, and I, you know, another, I think Adam Gates is another person on a hot seat, too. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to, I think he, this might be it for him, so. Yeah, it's, to me, it's tough to move on a court, unless unless they have like somebody like Trevor Lawrence fall in their lap, which is tough. You know, kind of like a Cardinal situation. You know, I I don't. It's I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. There's just so much, like Croc said, so many other factors going on there. You don't want just want to throw it all on your quarterback's lap. But all right, uh, six thirteen. Paul at Paul underscore Dozer. After the next three games, the schedule the schedule gets real with one in QBs as the Niners have had problems with them in the defense. How do you think it will shake down? And the, can the offense carry through? I mean, 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they have had trouble with uh, with running quarterbacks, so, and it's that's the that's the problem. Me saying I don't know is the problem with running quarterbacks because it's just off schedule plays. Like nobody, for the most part, aside from pretty much the Ravens. I mean, the Cardinals are doing a little bit of it, but it's like for the most part, nobody's out here just primarily running the the read option, zone read stuff. You know, that it, it, it's just a matter of quarterbacks running when they want to run and when and it's so hard to to keep that locked in you know because you got to rush the passer but at the same time you got to rush the passer without giving the passer more lanes and there's you know what i mean like i don't know it's 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 tough to say so we've got you know we've got the dolphins uh in week five the rams in week six so week seven is really kind of where it starts well sort of you know, Patriots, Cam Newton's doing his thing and he's running a lot. He's not the same as like your other rushing quarterbacks. You know, he's not, he's, he's certainly not the same as anybody like Kyler Murray. He's, he's, he's a bigger dude and he's not as fast, but he's still running quite a bit. Um, he's probably their leading rusher right now. I'm not sure. Um, then you got the Seahawks. Obviously, the Russell Wilson is firing on all cylinders, putting together so far. I mean, obviously, it's only three games, but he's on pace for like a major, major record breaking season. Packers, Aaron Rodgers isn't really rushing anywhere. Saints, Drew Brees isn't rushing anywhere. Bye week, Rams. Then you got Bills. You know, that's obviously uh, Josh Allen's doing his thing. So they they face their fair share of rushing corner quarterbacks, but not like an onslaught of them all in a row. So, um, I mean, I don't think the 49ers are prepared to sacrifice their defense in order to just sit there and spy a rushing quarterback. Do you, Croc? No, and I've said it before on here, but – it's not just a 49ers issue with scrambling quarterbacks. And that seems to be the narrative. It's it's a league thing. Look at Kyler Murray. Like, he's been on these highlights every single week so far because he's making guys look silly in open field and running in for a touchdown. So it's not a 49er thing. It's just hard to stop guys that are dual threats. It's, it's hard to stop them from, you know, running. Like, the play is get, at some point is going to break down. They're going to take off. They're going to get a bunch of yards. Like, it's not a 49er issue. Now, right. I do think it would help. It could help if 49ers would be able to play more man and you can drop a safety down and spy the quarterback. Like, that would help. But even then, looking at Kyler Murray and what he's doing to guys in the open field, I don't know. Even if you're a spy, like, it's going to be tough, <laughs> you know? Um, and that, again, that's a league issue, it's not just a 49er issue. Um, uh, as far as other quarterbacks, I think you have to kind of pick your poison on how you, you know, want a guy to have to beat you and whatnot, right? Like, uh, look at, was it Monday Night Football, the Chiefs? They say, all right, Lamar Jackson, you can run around all you want, but you're not, you're not going to beat us in it. Um, you're not going to beat us in the air. So they're limiting him to under 100 yards passing. And, okay, you can get some run plays here and there, but that's not going to beat us. So that's another approach. Right. Yeah, that's the what you pointed out there, and it's something I've said too. Is like you can spy the quarterback and sacrifice the defender, but when it's somebody like Kyler Murray, that doesn't mean that spy is going to be able to stop him because Kyler Murray is moving. So good luck either way. Um, Andrew at I don't know, like I don't, I don't know you're at. It's just Diatrop, <laughs> Diatrop, tough. Anyways, um, if the 49ers were to make a trade before the trade deadline, probably will happen. Ooh, calling it. Which pro- position will it be for? 
interior line, cornerback, or I don't know if you want us to pick between those. If they would make a trade for an interior lineman, a corner, or a DN, um, or if you just want us to say, I don't know. I mean, it's tough, man. It, I'm trying to think. I mean, if, if I'm looking at all the positions, I feel like the position they would most likely make a trade for is maybe somebody. If somebody became available that they could, they felt like could step in for Richard Sherman after he leaves. You know, if, if he's not expected to stay on after the season, you know, but but guys like that just so rarely become available. You know, somebody who's going to step in for Richard Sherman, like, good luck, man. But I feel like if I had to guess a position, I'd probably go there. I feel like they feel pretty good after signing Sanu. They're good at wide receiver. You know, um, interior line, maybe. I like Lakin Tomlinson, but Brunskill's, you know, he's still developing at that position. He's still new. Um, I mean, defensive end, it's tough to land, to trade for a DN that's really going to have an impact because that's one of the most – Valuable positions in football. I don't know, man. You got any other thoughts? Uh, defensive end would definitely have to be. But, again, I think – and again, I mean, we touch on a lot of things in on this podcast because we've touched on this before. Good pass rushing DNs typically aren't available mid-year. They, they only become uh, available because the team knows they're about to have to pay them $20 million a year. Right. And it's typically like in the offseason because teams are like, well, we would rather keep him. Right now, <laughs> right. Um, we still have quarterbacks that we need to rush. Yeah, it's like, well, we're already paying him so this year, so we might as well just keep him. Uh, the only time you'd see a team really just get rid of a guy that could really improve someone else's situation, uh, especially you know as, as an edge rusher, is if that team is just really, really bad, and. They are like, you know what? We'd rather trade this guy and get some assets than keep him, you know, when we're just bad and he's not really helping us win right now. Right. You know, basically admitting that they need to start rebuilding. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's tough, man. It's, it's, you know, and the, and the 49ers already made a, a, a somewhat of a big time trade to get Trent Williams, you know, and they're giving up a third rounder this year for him. So you just, you know, you got to be careful with, with how you throw around your draft picks because you got, you know, you just, they're valuable, especially for a team that is backed up against the salary cap. Paying somebody a good player, a rookie salary is a lot better than paying them a, uh, you know, a premier veteran salary. So you got to, got to remember that too. And the 49ers are in that position now. Um, Kevin Mo Wong at Kevin Mo Wong. Love me some Fred Warner. Me too, Fred. Me too. Or me too, Kevin. I also love Fred. What do you think his year's stats need to project to to get all pro? And who is his main competition for those three linebacker spots? Also, Croc, you you can just go with this one. Um, did you watch Dante Johnson's film? And he he's, uh, Kevin says he plays better than I expected. Obviously had pretty low expectations. What did you see? I saw Dante Johnson be pretty much what I expected him to be. Um, you know, especially like away from the ball, he had some good moments and then he had some poor moments. And I think people kind of just, when they hear Dante Johnson, it's just like, just trash, can't play. Not true. That's why he's been able to last in the NFL as long as he has. He made some plays. He had some good coverage on plays. There were other times where, you know, obviously that, that one holding penalty, and I know 49er fans ripped him on Twitter when it happened. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think that that, I, I didn't think that, it was warranted. 
Um, I thought I thought he actually had good coverage. So, um, yeah, I'm doing my Madden draft, and somebody just drafted the guy I was about to take. <laughs> Man, of many hats, uh, multi uh, in my, multitasking. And he's in my division. But, yeah, so I didn't think – I. I it was pretty much what I expected. It has some good reps, has some poor reps, but I definitely thought it, it, it was fine for your fifth corner, right? Because that's what he is. He's your fifth corner. Uh, right. And I think that's your – is he your fifth corner? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. No, sixth because, you know, you got to count Williams. So um, right. he's really your sixth corner in your roster. And I thought he played at about the fifth corner – Right, but you know he was solid and he was never the issue, right? And what I mean by that is, were they picking on him? Do they keep targeting him over and over? And we've seen like you know that happen sometimes. A guy just keeps getting targeted and targeted and targeted. Didn't happen, so I thought he, you know, I thought considering that he played well. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving. Move, well, no, no. Well, what do you think is your stat? CJ Beach predict to get a, a Warner All Pro? I mean, if we just keep playing the level he's playing at, it's not as much of a stat thing as it is. I mean, I'm sure it is, but as it is a, uh, you know, it's just an impact thing. Um, I'm not exactly sure who the three linebackers are. You know, you got Bobby Wagner up in Seattle. Um, is it Levante David? Is that the one that's still in Tampa? Yeah, and he's very underrated. His numbers year in and year out stack up against right. anybody else. He's incredible. He's, yeah. he's, he's hella good. So, and he's in Tampa, um, so he doesn't get talked about. They haven't had much success. I well, Tampa's got a good defense right now too. Like they, it's not getting talked about because you got all the stuff going on in the offense with Tom Brady and everything. But Tampa Bay's got a good defense right now. So I mean, Bobby Wagner, Levante, David, Fred Warner. You know, big thing with me was, you know, and I tweeted this after the game. Like I just think at this point, Fred Warner's uh, done enough to deserve to be in the conversation as one of the best linebackers in the league or the best linebacker in the league. Right. I think he's playing at that level now. Um, I think his stats right now. He's got. Um, you know, like last year he finished with 118 tackles. He had 124 the year before that. Um, holy shit. Is that his rookie year? Fred, 2018, Fred Warner had 124 tackles his rookie year. <laughs> Dude. So he's already got 28 in three games. So that's just under 10 a game. So at that pace, he's going to be at like 150 at the end of the season. You know, maybe a little less, which is which is way in firmly in, in what you would need to be considered for that sort of thing. He's already got two pass breakups. He's already got an interception. This has, this says he doesn't have a tackle for loss or a quarterback hit. I think both of those are wrong. Maybe they haven't updated these, but he just got a quarterback hit against the giants. He smashed Daniel Jones to, to, to make one of the throws go crazy. So I don't know who's keeping track of these things, but anyways, but yeah, I, I think Fred Warner, it just needs to keep doing what he's doing and he, he should get all pro. Um, Sean, at Sean Fuzzy P, it seems a lot like the national media have written off the Niners due to the onslaught of early season injuries. But with a lot of these guys returning soon, how do you think the Niners will shape up versus the tough midseason stretch? Whew. Man, these are some good questions. I don't know, man. I mean, if I look at this, I, I closed down of the schedule now. But, um, I mean, I don't know, man. If the 49ers can keep themselves with the injuries – you know you're gonna get you're gonna get your important guys back outside of Nick Bosa. Maybe with the injuries and their schedule, I would say anything that keeps them in the wild card conversation is strong right now. Like you know, wild card. You know, I don't necessarily see them in play for a buy. You got to understand though, two more teams are the the biggest problem with the 49ers right now is 
obviously, I still feel like they're a playoff team, but they're in the damn NFC West. Yeah. And you've got the Cardinals playing out of their minds, the Seahawks playing out of their minds, and the Rams are playing good football. They did just lose to the Bills, but the Bills are a really good team. So it's like the 49ers could be a great team. They could theoretically go like 9-6 and six or 10-5 and five and not make the playoffs because their division is so stacked. You know, so they have to get some 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 division wins. You know, they have to go one and one with the Cardinals. They have to go one and one with the Seahawks, and maybe they beat the Rams both times. You know what I mean? Like to me, that all seems optimistic. What do you think, Craig? I think they have to again. They got to be the they got to be the Eagles from a couple of years ago that won the Super Bowl, where they maybe they're not looked at as the favorites, right? Um, especially after Wentz went down. That was, that was a big blow, and everybody kind of wrote them off because they were actually playing extremely well. But you have to kind of be that team where maybe you're not expected to win, but because you have good coaching on offense, because you have good coaching on defense, you find ways to win. And once you're in that dance, anything can happen. And I think that's kind of going to have to be the 49ers this year where I don't think they'll ever be looked at as the favorite, but I think they'll just be a good football team. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, especially without Nick Bosa. But you know, that that's also something like rock said that they can kind of rally behind, you know, do it for Nick. Okay. You're going to doubt us. Let's roll. You know, we'll, we'll see how they, how they react to that. Um, who's the starting, who's starting at running back against the Eagles from Chris wall at 49er faithful underscore 85. Um, my guess it would be, my guess is it'll be exactly what it was against the giants. It'll be Jarek McKinnon who is a full participant in practice along with a healthy dose of Jeff Wilson. And then a little bit of uh, Jamichael Hasty sprinkled in on top. That's, yeah. that's, that's my answer. I, I think that McKinnon will get the start, but I think uh, Wilson will get more carries. Hey, remember we talked about Wilson's or uh, McKinnon's carries and you were like right around 10 and I was at 15. He ended up getting 14. So he was right in between both of us. So uh, no, you were pretty much closer. Well, no, I'm, just keeping, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be positive here, bro. We were both in. We were both close. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. You were, you were um, closer, but yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you know, maybe something they they could look at doing just to kind of evenly split it is. I think you kind of you keep Jeff Wilson as the pound the rock guy, and you get uh, McKinnon more involved in the pass game because some of the plays he was making as a pass catcher were pretty impressive. Like they would impress me if they were made by a receiver. You know, so um, I think that, you know, if, if the touches are going to become more equal between McKinnon and Wilson, then maybe they should think about getting McKinnon more involved in the pass game. Because, you know, I, one thing I look at is like, look how much offense the Saints generate with Alvin Kamara. Like, I know that Alvin Kamara is an absolute freak and he makes plays on his own stuff. But I'm always blown away at how often the Saints can pick up like eight yards with these easy, easy plays with Alvin Kamara. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, it just seems like every other play, the Saints are like, oh, here's eight yards to Kamara. Then they, well, they do know, something down the field, and then here's eight yards to Kamara. Well, the weird, weird thing is, I mean, he's – the quarterback's not trying to – I'm trying to say that they score. The, wow, LeBron. The quarterback isn't trying to throw downfield. Drew Brees can't throw downfield. So it's like, why don't you guys just like, hey, let's crowd – everything underneath, let's try to force him to make the deep throw. And how do you lose sight continuously over and over and over of 
Alvin Kamara. He had like 10 catches in the first half last game. Over and over and over. <laughs> now, the thing is, I guess you could say, hey, we're going to protect the deep ball and make them continue to try to move the ball. And, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, with 12 catches isn't going to beat us. And the Packers won. But it was a hell of a close game. And that one where, I mean, he caught a ball like at or right around the line of scrimmage and then scampered through everybody and scored a touchdown. Like, you, you can't let that happen. So, yeah, I don't know how Kamara keeps getting these, like, just open but yeah, 49ers. Well, I'm my, my fantasy team appreciates it. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> my okay, it's time to uh, time to do some flex in here a little bit. So being somebody that covers the 49ers, um, I knew that when the Saints the, the in and it was day two of the draft, I believe it was the second round. Um or was it the third round? Let me let me check. I want to make sure I got it right. But um, I'm in a, in a very competitive, uh, 12 man keeper league, meaning every year you get to keep two guys on your team. Well, the, um, um, the third round. Okay. Yeah. So I remember on, on that draft, I think it was 2017 where the, it came out that the saints were willing to deal a second round pick to trade up in the third round that year, second round pick then next year to trade up in the third round. They ended up trading up with the 49ers. They gave the 49ers that second round pick. They traded up and they drafted Kamara. And I knew this. So we were in our fantasy draft. We were in the late rounds where nobody cares about. You're just kind of taking flyers on a lot of players. And I drafted Kamara, I think in the, either the 12th or the 14th round. I think it was the 12th round. And uh, and every it was one of those drafts where everybody was like who and I'm like I'm like don't worry about it like I knew that if the Saints were willing to give up a second round pick to move up to get Kamara that they were going to use him like now and I was like all right let's do it and he exploded that season you know he had an amazing rookie season and then him and Ingram yeah I mean he he went off and and I've kept him in my league because every year the first year you keep him you get to keep him at where you drafted him. And then every year you keep him after that, his value goes up two rounds. So if you kept him as a 12th rounder last year, and this is your second year keeping him, then he jumps up to a 10th and then an 8th. So I have had Kamara on my fantasy team for like three years. And he's still, I think just this year, I think he was a 6th round pick. So that means I probably drafted him in the 12th or the 10th, somewhere like that. And yeah, you're uh, good to keep him for another year or two, right? Right, yeah. Well, I mean, like a first round grade, and even then, having Kamara in the first round, I mean, that's where most people would take him, anyways. Right. If I'm in the back end of the first round, I'm still considering it, you know. But next year, he jumps up to a fourth, easy decision. Year after that, he jumps up to a second, still an easy decision. And then after that, you're kind of like, you know, what other keepers might you have more value with, you know, stuff like that. Because it's not all about, you know, just getting a guy ahead of where he's supposed to be drafted. But like this year, I kept uh, Terry McLaurin. Because I got him as an undrafted free agent, which was a 16th round pick, you know, which which Terry McLaurin was was like a, a you know, a, uh, he's not like an elite receiver yet, but he's you know he's drafted way 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 higher than that, like third or fourth round somewhere in there. So a lot of value there. Anyways, I'm taking up more time. Okay, um, a a Ron at Burn Unit said, "Do you think his injury will help Jimmy not float passes off his back foot when he comes back?" Seemed like he drove more passes on his front leg again uh, against the Gents once his ankle was injured. Uh, I mean, that's a valid point. I think it had more to do with the fact that he couldn't move as easily. You know, like he kind of just had to stand there and throw rather than kind of maybe take that that step back and then throw. So 
I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not a quarterback guy. Like, I, I mean, I know some things about the position, but I, I really don't. I wouldn't be able to break down Jimmy's throw and tell you, you know, here, here's how it could change with a high ankle sprain. Uh, I don't know. What What about you, Croc? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm with you. I I, I wouldn't know that. Uh, and I'd have to go back and look and see if, like, that was something consistent where, you know, he stopped floating. But I think one thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't even know if it's so much that he doesn't, you know, step into his throws and whatnot, but he, he kind of just snaps the ball off. And that's right. where I have that really quick release. And that's just kind of how he plays. Obviously, I don't like think he play. wants to wait. Sometimes I don't think he wants to wait for his body to catch up for what his arm can already do. Right. That's that's correct. You know now, what I mean? Like turn, He loses some steam on passes. I think he has better arm strength than what we see. But because he just kind of snaps off ball because he's like, oh, I want to get out now instead of stepping into stuff. Um, you see, you see his passes, like, you know, they're not, he's not really driving it as well. Which I think could be something that improves with him over time because I mean, and he's had plenty of time obviously, but I think that the more confidence he gains in the offense, the more he becomes kind of like a, you know, a Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's offense where there's a good chance that pre-snap he knows where he's going to the ball and then he can give his body time to make those fully fully committed, you know, throws that he's stepping into. But right now, he's still you can tell he still wants to see guys doing what they need to do and getting open before he's ready to throw it. And that's why he's he's just in such a hurry to snap the ball. He's like, "Okay, I can throw it now." You know, right. same kind of like what Croc was saying. So it's it's just a matter of him. Uh, I think because I think he's got he's got good form. He can he can he can put it all together when he wants to. I think just he doesn't give himself enough time a lot of the times because he's waiting for guys to flash open. You know, and he needs to he needs to move beyond that. Um, Jet McKinnon, see comeback player of the year. C oh, oh man, he committed. Even his Twitter ad is C P O Y Jet. Uh, realistically, how many points per game better is the offense going to be when healthy? And what percent of the playbook is Kyle using right now? Um, I mean, when you've got Kittle, Ayuk and Debo, then let's just put Sanu in the slot. You've got Raheem in the backfield. I want to say this, this is another question up here too. Um, I mean, how many points better per game? You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to quantify it like that. You know what I mean, Croc? Like, yeah, I think they're, they're, I think they're be better. good for another touchdown a game. You know what I mean? Like maybe like you know stuff like that. Well, I don't know. They've put up a, a, a lot of points over the last two games, so I don't know if they'll be better as far as points per game. But I think as far as uh, you would hope that they would be better with efficiency, uh, especially like in, in, remember in the first half of the Giants game, it started off fairly slow. Then they got a late score. Then they had the interception that led to a field goal. So you know, I, I think you you would look for them to be as good as what they showed against the Giants and the Jets against other teams, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, Giants and Jets no, are yeah. You would expect them like to be good like that, but you know, against other opponents. So. With with the 49ers, if, if all their weapons are healthy and Jimmy Garoppolo's firing all cylinders, I have just as much respect for the 49ers offense as I would the Chiefs. Like obviously the Chiefs are are much more like big play threats, like Every snap is a threat type of deal, but I, I would have just as much of the offense's ability to to move the ball and and create drives as I would like the Chiefs and the Ravens. You know, some of the better offense. I think the 49ers would be among the best offenses in the league, 
if everything's healthy and everything's going as planned. Um, as far as Kyle Shanahan's playbook, I think he's using it for the most part, all of it right now. You know, like he's just such a versatile coach that I think the players he has in there can kind of, you know, not maybe not right now because Kittle still has to come back and stuff. But, um, you know, and with with what we've seen from Ross Dwelly, I think Jordan Reed not being in isn't that big of a deal. Now, Jordan Reed is a much better pass catcher than Ross Dwelly, but I feel like Ross Dwelly is getting used to maybe having that bigger role in the offense a little bit. And you, you, the 49ers can start going to him as well as Kittle. You know, if you whatever two tight end sets you had planned for Jordan Reed and George Kittle, I feel like Kyle Shanahan can still use with George Kittle and Ross Dwelly. It won't be as dynamic, but, you know, I, I still feel like the 49ers can work with that. If But if those two receivers, I mean, if Debo and Ayuk are healthy, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they get going. Okay. So we're, we're getting, we're almost on an hour and 15 minutes. Let's roll. Used goat. The real used goat coming in with another question. How concerned should we be either of the Eagles QB running on us, even if Wentz continues to struggle as a passer? I don't know, man. I, I don't feel like that's as uh, as uh, what's his name? Jalen Hurts. Is that his name? Yeah. Is his first name Jalen? Is he starting to get some burn as a running quarterback now? I think I saw him in the backfield as a running back. I think. Oh well, I, I'm not. That's I don't think that's the concern with the Eagles. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I don't think the 49ers should be all that concerned about it. I mean, I would have said that before the Giants, and here comes Daniel Jones with them being the team's leading rusher. But that's it's still not what I would be worried about when I was facing the Eagles. I don't know. What do you think, Croc? Same same stuff? Again, is that is that going to be how they beat the 49ers? Carson Wentz? Like, that, that's how you have to look at it. Like, is that how the – is that how – is that is that how the Eagles want want to win? I don't think that's their re- that's going to be their recipe recipe for winning this game because Carson Wentz gets a couple of good runs. He well, and, and he's been hurt. Like you want to open that guy up to get smacked by like a Fred Warner or something? Like I don't know. Right. I don't know. Anthony Rios at Ant underscore Rios three 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 on Mondays. Okay, I read this question earlier. You don't have to correct me if I'm wrong here. But he says, on Monday's pod, both of, both of you pointed out the drop-off from Jimmy Garoppolo to no drip Mullins isn't much. Did we say that? That there's uh, not a drop-off from Garoppolo to Mullins? We – no, we said that it's not, it's not drastic. Like, in the sense of I, – I think they're very similar players. I, I think Garoppolo is better. And he can do certain things better, but I think we did say like that it's not like like you don't have to change the offense if Mullins is in. Right. No, I would agree because with you know, that. A lot of times when you have when you go to a backup quarterback, you have to scale back on things or really change up how you do things. And I I don't think they have to do that going from Garoppolo to. Right. Well, I mean, I I think that I I would I would if I did say that I would amend my statement to be like. Like kind of like what Kyle Shanahan said today. Like somebody asked, or Eric Branch. I love Eric Branch. Shout out to Eric Branch. He's such a good dude. I can't believe he's not verified on Twitter. That's weird. But anyways, um, he asked Kyle Shanahan, and he was he even knew when he was asking the question that he was kind of it was kind of silly. But he asked, "Is there any scenario where Jimmy doesn't play for like let's say the next two weeks, and Nick Mullins does really well, where?" Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't come back in as the starting quarterback. And you could see Kyle Shanahan kind of smile and he just says, he just said that scenario doesn't exist. Like it's not there. Like I do feel like 
I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is a genuine NFL starting quarterback. And, and when he's on his game, he's a top 10 quarterback. You know, he, when he's not on his game kind of brings him down to maybe, I don't know, 12 to whatever, but that it, I don't think it have to be that specific, but I do think the gap is pretty significant between Nick Mullins, but to what Crocker just said, you don't have to change the offense. Nick Mullins can run the offense just like Jimmy Garoppolo. I just think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make more plays. He's going to fit more throws into tight windows. He's going to, you know, he's going to make those NFL throws where you're like, woo, you know what I mean? Like that throw to Emmanuel Sanders last year where Sanders was like two steps before his break and the ball's already in the air. And you know, when a receiver catches the ball and as he's running back to the huddle, he's just pointing at the quarterback. Like, you know, something, <laughs> you know, something cool happened. You know, like I, Nick yeah. Mullins, I don't see him making those throws. Those are Jimmy throws. But at the same time, you know, there's other sides to Jimmy that obviously we don't like to see. But um, I do think the gap is pretty significant. But like Crocker said, you, Nick Mullins is a quality backup that could come in and you can win games with him. So I don't know. Oh, but anyways, the rest of the question. But since the drop off isn't much, hypothetically, what do you guys think we could get in a Jimmy Garoppolo trade value? And what can we do with the extra money? I think they'd be able to get a lot in a Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Way more than they paid for him. I mean, they paid a second round pick. I think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe a first and and, and more? I mean, his, uh, his contract is... Jimmy Garoppolo trade? Yeah, if they decided to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, when they traded Alex Smith, they traded him for two seconds. Maybe... Something like that. Yeah, I you know, you you could or couldn't. I, I can't see that because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, you definitely can win with him. Uh, right. No, I mean, it's – it's talking about a quarterback he, that went to the Super Bowl, and obviously he wasn't outstanding in the Super Bowl, but a huge part of the reason the 49ers went to the Super Bowl was because of Jimmy Garoppolo. So he – In his first four years starting. Uh, right. He's done that. He has some, I don't want to just say like limitations, but he's not, you know, an elite. Uh, he doesn't have like elite skill set. So, you know, you're not just going to give up the farm for him. Like, even like a Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has just more talent than Jimmy Garoppolo with some of the things he's able to do. So, right now, with not knowing exactly what Sam Darnold is, you might give up something similar as what you would give up to Jimmy even with Jimmy playing as well as he has. Uh, but the one thing that also works in Jimmy Garoppolo's favor is his contract that he's on is very, quote-unquote, team-friendly for a starting quarterback, uh, especially for, like, another team. You know, when you're talking about $27 million a year, you know, whatever it is, like, that's, I don't want to say discount, but that's not, like, top 10 or anything. In the well, I mean, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, who deservedly so, is getting $45 million. Dak Prescott's probably about to get around 40. You know what I mean? Like, or whatever he can fleece the Cowboys for. Like, Russell Wilson's not even in the ballpark. He took a pretty sweet deal. You know, so I agree. I, I think Jimmy's contract is wouldn't deter any team at all. Right. So, I mean, I, I my I guess right now, I, I would say like two second round picks, kind of what they traded Alex Smith for. Um you know, I, I, I'll just go with that. I think they could get more, but I, I mean, I think that just is like a reasonable point right now. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, so that's the, that's, so I, I did the last call for questions. So we're on the last few. Um, let's go here. Uh, Trump lied. People died. <laughs> okay. 
um, at Hubcap Dave 69. <laughs> That's such an interesting combination of statements, all in Twitter names. Like Trump lied, people died at Hubcap Dave 69. <laughs> um, <laughs> any idea what happened with the long snapper? Talked about that already. I really, I really don't know. I really don't know, my friend. I, I, I'm not sure. It didn't look great. Like I said, it looked like he had other things going on. But all right, uh, Alex at a dual threat QB. Alex, you're a dual threat quarterback. I want to see. Are you? Yeah, you look like a dual threat quarterback, Alex. Um, it hurts me to ask, but should the 49ers try to trade Dante Pettis? Crocker, go. Yeah, hell yeah. And again, <laughs> I would, I would, I would uh, just put together like a little highlight clip and be like, look, this is what you can get, you know? And, you know, he's just not going to work with us. And yeah, like, he's well, not I think, playing. I, right. The only service only thing he did, what, last game he, you know, he was back there for kickoff returns, didn't get one. He was back there for punt returns, I don't remember if he got one. So, yeah, trade is, yeah, I would trade him. Well, and I, and I do feel like. I don't know what you'll get for him. Like, Hopefully I didn't just get a bunch louder. I turned up, I turned up my sound on my internet browser. But, um, I yeah, I don't know what you'd get for him. And, but I do feel like the 49ers would be able to tell a team, you know, I feel like I'm sure there's a lot of bullshit that goes on in trades of teams trying to convince players they're better than they are and stuff like that. But I do feel like the 49ers have ground to stand on when they say, when they'd be able to tell a team like, look, you can get serious production out of this guy. We just, we just didn't click, you know, cause they, and they could say, look, go back and look at his rookie season. Like he, he, it's there. Uh, We just, you know, we had a difference of philosophies. You know, and look at this. Like, go back, look at the Cardinals game week one. He's getting right. open. We, right. we, you know, we think that a change of scenery is what would be best for him, and maybe a team that's going to prioritize him more in the game plan. Right. Boom. All right, I'll give you a fifth round pick. Right. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. Nothing, 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 even remotely higher than like a fourth or a fifth. Fourth, right. I would be surprised if they got a fourth. That's high. You know, fifth or sixth wouldn't surprise me. And you got to look at it like this. You know, a fifth-round pick that is, you know, that was used in the trade for uh, Trent Williams. So, you yep. know, there's it's, – it's, it's valuable. You know, and, and I mean, George Kittle, uh, even Trent Taylor, who's been productive. Like, you know, fifth-round picks. Not saying that. That's what you'll get. That's what you're 100% going to get. But, you know, like there there's value with that pick and – Right now, he's just wasting well on the bench. He's not even playing. So, and he's yeah. not going to play. Like, he's not right. going to play. You got guys. You got Debo coming back. You got Ayuk. You got Sanu. You have uh, Trent Taylor that plays, and you have Kendrick Bourne that just had four catches for sixty-seven yards. So Pettis is never. He's not. He's not going to play. Right, one hundred percent. I agree. Uh, Daniel Meyer at Sandman two hundred eight. Here's 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 a difficult one, or here's one. How difficult is the offense to defend with Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, Reed, and Mostert all on the field? I'm aware that's a few months out and it relies on Ayuk developing, but I'm curious how much that stresses a defense. Whew. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Uh, they're going to be good. And, and, and the reason, I mean, those are all good football players. Like, they're all good football players. Like, even with Ayuk, you can see where it's heading. And I don't think we've even seen close to what IU will be even towards the end of this year. Like, we, we're getting, like, a little sample of it. He's still trying to get comfortable and still trying to learn how to play, you know, faster and without thinking so much. 
there's, 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 you're going to see more out of IU. So it's what, what they're going to be, like, it, it's going to be really good. You know, you, you, you just, you just keep chopping away, keep chopping away. And it's, it's going to be a really good offense. And they're going to need that because the defense is definitely going to take some steps back compared to last year where they were the number, number one defense in the NFL. You're going to need the offense to really kind of take over. And I definitely think they have, I think they have the guys. I think they have the guys, you know, it's just, you got to get these guys together. And, you know, that, that's kind of been more of the issue. Right. And to me, I mean, you, you've got a great group there. They just need all, they need, they need time all together. Like, you know, like the 49ers just, it seems like they've just had this constantly rotating group of injured guys and, they need some luck. You know, all these guys just need to be out there. The biggest thing that Ayuk as a rookie will need, if you, if he becomes confident, you know, because he's got to get through the playbook. He's got to get through the motions. He's got to make some plays. He's got to, you know, beat some good corners and make a play. But it, when he gets confidence, and you saw that with Debo Samuel too, once they get confident, then, whew, like – that's when it turns up. Like when if if Brandon Ayuk is stepping out on there on the line and he feels like no matter who's in front of him, he can win, then you're gonna see him light on fire. And that's just to me, that's one of the most important aspects about any NFL career is just like just becoming confident in what you can do, then boom, like you're moving. But to me, what what stands out about that group right there is it's a bunch of players outside of Jordan Reed, who's, who would be more of a complimentary piece at this point. You have a bunch of dudes who can all take it to the house at any moment because they're all animals after the catch, you know. And 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 to me, the biggest factor that's not mentioned there is Kyle Shanahan. Like, okay, I'm gonna draw this shit up. You catch this, or you you know you break this tackle and you're gone, you know. Like, and you have a bunch of guys that can do that. Debo runs like a running back after the catch. Ayuk is super slippery. George Kittle is just a brute force. And Raheem Mostert is one of the fastest players in the NFL. You just have a bunch of dudes who can take it to the house. And and that to me is, you know, I feel like the 49ers, if all those guys are healthy and they're all clicking, I feel like that offense's biggest like trait will be will be splash plays. You know, plays of 20 yards or more. I feel like, you know, that that's would be what their deal is. But all right, last question from from Daniel Meyer again. Is Fred Warner the best linebacker in football right now? Whew. I mean, I'm not ready to crown him yet, but what I did tweet was that I feel like he deserves your consideration. I feel like he can he can be in the conversation, and he might be, but you know, I feel like he deserves to be there. What do you think, Croc? He's he's definitely he's not going to be denied like he was last year. Like as far as like all pro and all that, you know, he's he's definitely in the discussion. It's hard sometimes to just say like he's undoubtedly the best. But he's he's right there. He's got to be. He's got to be right. right there. I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. And then and then Daniel Meyer also put this push this video. Hold on. Let me see if I can. If I don't know if it's gonna play it over the thing. You got to tell me if you hear this right now, Croc. Underneath his Fred Warner question, he put this video. <laughs> Could you hear that? No, no, no. I didn't send it. I played it over the thing. How do I get it to where you guys can hear this right now? Oh, I'm going to play it on my phone so you guys can hear this because I thought you might be able to hear that because it was on my computer. But if you did hear it, it was probably only because my head, I'm wearing my headset. Let me, let me, let me do it. Let me, because this is going to be worth it. Hold on. I'm just going to play it out loud on my phone and you guys are going to hear it playing through my phone. I'm telling you right now. Nobody <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, good old Dr. Disrespect, man. Good old that's Dr. Right. Disrespect. But I mean, that, hey, that's no, no other way, no other, no better way to end it. Because uh, that was our last question. That's it. Dude, we have been in here on here an hour and a half answering y'all's questions. I really hope you appreciate this. Because one, we appreciate the questions. But I really hope that you guys appreciate that we will hop on here for an hour and a half and answer y'all's questions. Because when we and Crocker first talked about stepping it up, and making like four podcasts a week, one of the first things we said was, well, we got to shorten up the episodes a little bit. So we're not like, you know, pissing our, our families off. And here we are, an hour and a half, <laughs> twice as long as what we talked about. But I mean, I, I don't know. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's cool to talk football. I know Crocker's sitting there watching the Lakers game, drafting his his Madden team. So he's 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 got other stuff going on too. But man, I love it. I love it. I just love the fact that, you know, to me – Overall, I love the fact that we had an hour and a half's worth of questions. Like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but I think that's it. Croc, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, I'm in. Uh, nope. We'll be back right for um, the preview, the Eagles preview game. Yeah, tomorrow, right? Yeah, right, you guys. Yeah, you guys should be getting this episode on Thursday morning. And then on Thursday, Croc and I will jump back on here and record our preview for the Eagles game, kind of talk about some players we're looking at and, and who's going to make the difference. Um, and then that'll be it for the week until we're jumping on after Sunday's game, um, which might be – we'll see. I don't know. It's a Sunday night game. So, you know, Crocker's ahead on the time. We'll see how that works out. We might The pod might just be shorter because uh, Croc's got to get to bed. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah, the game's but, not going to end at like 11 o'clock my time. I know. I know. It might be just a real quick or, you know, whatever. We'll see. We'll see what I can get out of you. But um, I appreciate everybody for – if you're still listening after an hour and a half, I freaking appreciate you. I'm talking to you. If you're still listening right now, I appreciate you uh, because, I mean, that's a long time just to sit and do anything. Even if you are multitasking, which obviously you are um, – that's a long time. So I appreciate you. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you thought of our – if you asked a question, let us know if, if we answered it uh, to your standards. Um, keep a lookout for next week's mailbag. If you didn't answer a question this week, get one in next week. Create a Twitter account. Get on there. Follow us. Answer questions. Be a part of the magic that is striking gold. Um, but for another week, this is striking gold. Signing out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.